Hello, good afternoon. Hopefully, hopefully you can hear me okay. I've been having a few technical issues, which is why I'm a few minutes late. So please do let me know if you can hear all right, if you're tuning in live. And uh, if it's not coming through loud and clear, then we might have to abandon this episode, which is a shame because of a personal one. Um, thought it'd be useful. I realized how many times I tell this story to various different people off air. I got, I got made aware by someone last week that I hadn't said it on air and that uh, they felt that they would have benefited from knowing it more loudly and proudly, uh, which is a story about my woman in Coventry. So if you've not heard that before, um, and uh, stick around, you can you can hear about this this mystery woman. Alistair is tuned in to say he's got me. You can hear me okay. That's helpful. Thank you very much. Better get stuck in there. Hope you're well. Hope you've had a good weekend. Welcome to the week. I'm Jack Chew. It's 12.30 till 1 o'clock on weekdays. We chew it over. Live stream this to various different places. So if you're finding us on LinkedIn and you think I'd rather this was on YouTube, it is. If uh, It's also on Facebook and on Twitter through Periscope, and a few other places like Twitch and other more obscure spots. We also cast the audio through to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and stuff afterwards as well, if you'd rather listen to it on audio. Most people tune in on their commutes um, after the fact, but if you join us live, then you can join in. And so please post your comments and questions and any ideas you have for future topics in the chat. It's always really appreciated, and I love those interactive episodes. I don't know if this is going to be one of them because this is a bit of an obscure one, um, but hopefully an interesting one, and definitely one that I thought, even if um, I just get it out there, then maybe it will be of, of interest to people. Because I get asked that quite a lot, and sometimes people suggesting it as episodes for you know what, what makes me tick, what makes this business go, why is it so complicated, you know, why do people struggle um, to, not why do they struggle to wrap their head around it, but why is it such that I've got my finger in so many pies or plates to spin, or why is it that I don't just double down on one thing? And um, and I think that those are really interesting questions. Sometimes that's coming from people that are saying um, that they'd want to aspire to know more about it. And then sometimes it's from people that are just saying like, well, it's just drawn thin, it's just chaos. I don't really understand it. And I think that it's, it's inefficient. You know, there's sometimes an accusation within it that, that I'm, I'm therefore not, uh, not doing as good a work as I could do. And also sometimes there's, I ask myself that question, you know, I always wonder, uh, is it is it uh, an efficient way of going about things? And so I thought, I would uh, give you insight into into what it is and an analogy that I use that, that explains as to why I behave as I do and why the businesses and projects that surround me are based like they are. Um, it's not one that I use all the time. Certainly, if I've got ch if I've got time to, I'll I'll go into a uh, more detail and, and I don't I tend to skip this out. But for shorthand, I will describe to people sometimes the woman in Coventry. And, and so the woman in Coventry is made up. So uh, she's not, she's not a, a, an actual person. I've never worked in Coventry, never been to Coventry. Um, I've been through it, I've been around it. I kind of know it, I've got friends there. Uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not based on anyone. But the example that I use is that the woman in Coventry um, develops knee pain in 10 years time. And she's made up. And it's as vague as that on purpose because she develops knee pain in 10 years time. And my goal is to mean that the care that she receives for that, I want that to be better than it is now. 
And that is one of the things that motivates everything that I do, everything that I touch, everything we create is based on that premise. Now, it's vague on purpose. And it's vague because if you think about what will emerge from that, so you imagine that that is me speaking to a personal goal to make care better for her. Then clinically, who she sees, what sector she sees them in, what type of therapist they are, whether they're a surgeon, or whether they're a physio, whether they're a sports massage therapist. I haven't said what, how old she is. Is this, is this an OA knee? Uh, is this um is she is she a 16 year old i know i've said the woman in coventry other than the girl in coventry but yeah sod it what if she's a, a pediatric what is the circumstance that means that if she goes to see one of those therapists what is governing their care standards so if the woman in coventry turns up with knee pain to a physiotherapist how have they been educated what is the quality of the undergraduate education that they receive, but also what are the conditions around their CPD? How accessible is that? What if they haven't really got the time or the inclination or the learning style to listen to things like podcasts all the time? What if they would prefer to understand things in, in a manner that they then had cultural moments in time in a, in a conference style format that they prefer? What is it about the governance that belies clinical practice in MSK, how are they regulated? What are the standards that a therapist, so if this woman in Coventry then was to go and see a therapist for this sore knee that she's got in 10 years time, by the way, what are the, what can she make a social assumption of in terms of the regulatory level of that therapist in the UK? What, are the, what is the circumstance that surrounds that therapists in terms of peer regulation what standards are they held to by their colleagues by their staff by their peers by their boss by the nhs by the private institutions and and, and sort of um semi-regulators that kind of come from from say um what's the word the communities of practice or the special interest groups and things like that right what is the environment what is the culture like and it's so vague but it motivates me to say I want all those things to be better. And if I was to be more specific with defining the characteristics of the woman in Coventry, then it would mean that I would then be focusing on something rather than being a generalist. Now, I hope I'm giving you a bit of insight then as to what might emerge from pursuing that goal and the projects and the businesses that have emerged from doing that and trying to do that as efficiently as possible. That's an inefficient project generally, right? My, my wider project, raise standards in MSK practice. People say, why? Because I want the woman in Coventry to, to get better care in 10 years time. Now, it means that to pursue interprofessional education so that then in an area of which I don't work, I can then potentially even my work and my team and my projects and my ideas or the ability to actually share especially the ideas of the actual experts can reach people that might happen to be working in Coventry in 10 years time um means that or that you know didn't need to be working in Coventry in 10 years time right the, the woman in Coventry can access them maybe virtually or remotely or in another country or whatever and she can get the best care she can she can get maybe it's not even seeing a patient maybe it's that she finds the right resources uh, sorry seeing a therapist maybe she finds the right resources on the internet so you imagine 
by solving that, trying to solve that problem, that, that complex set of problems that I'll never solve, but generally trying to just make care better for her. Um, it means that you then create resources and create content of various different persuasions for therapists, physio matters. I mentioned before that the format of that content might need to vary in terms of its timeliness, such as Therapy Live. Um, the way in which people aspire to better policy and for the circumstances and the services and the staff and workforce in planning that could occur that would mean that her experience was better and the therapists that she saw were less burnt out, MSKR, for her to not see someone that's either unscrupulous or incompetent um, would mean that you're aspiring to a clinical excellence standards that then create a peer regulation network and format and culture that mean that we we know that there is a line that people want to aspire to and, and go beyond, going above and beyond. But we also know uh, that there should be a circumstance that rewards that behaviour in such a way that we're, therefore we're valued societally and otherwise and can, can charge an appropriate price point for our labour, our clinical labour and our clinical knowledge very MSKR centric as you can imagine I want her to not necessarily be exposed to a bullshit article in the Daily Mail or the Guardian that sort of speaks to really specific um, claims about what would get someone better with knee pain that she doesn't see a advert for some sort of cure-all that she then seeks to see as got seen as gospel in part because that's something that her um, trusted advisor be that a therapist or a doctor or, or, or even a friend was to wave through as being yeah that, that, that's the magic answer so that's then MSKR related influence stuff that like how do we make sure we work with health journalists and how how do we make sure that the, the sensible scientific and evidence informed approach can actually cut through more than the infomercials do and so it's it's those things that I'm admitting will fuel that fire it's those things that is, is shorthand um, I will say stuff like my wider project is to raise MSK standards. And then there's a layer beyond that, which is then depending if I've got the time, I will then explain a little bit about how the ventures that I'm involved in and the projects that have emerged off, off the back of it are to try to do that. Now, sometimes, as I say, for shorthand, and depending on the context, I'll explain um, the woman in Coventry and why I'm trying to help and serve her. Um, and, and, and I do so because sometimes that metaphor helps. Um, but yeah, a couple of times recently, I realized that um, it maybe would have been worthwhile for me to at least have this out there. Not necessarily because you guys that are tuning in live might be interested in it uh, particularly, but at least it's there, it's done. And I can refer to it, I can point to it. It's one of the things that's good about this show is I can put that as a resource that I might speak to in the future. And so, um, yeah, do, uh, do let me know if you're coming across this after the fact or if you are tuning in live. Um, and wondering what the hell I'm on about, then please let me know what you think of that. Let me know if you think that that's informative or useful. Uh, let me know what, what it is that um, that you actually, what did you, whether you have, I'm interested definitely in whether or not you have any um, things like that that are just um, made up goals almost or made up people that you're trying to achieve things for. Um, do you, or do you use people from your direct past or in your present that then aspire for you to uh, inspire you to, to be better and inspire you to do things differently. Um, because as I say, although the, the woman in Coventry doesn't exist, um, she certainly inspires me and inspires the behaviors um, that, that you've witnessed, especially these, these ones publicly. Um, now, why bother really is, is often what, what might get asked and uh, do get asked. 
and for me there's a sweet spot really in terms of the uh, the opportunities i've got the the skill set that i have um as well as the networking and, and fortune i've had to, to work with who i do and have worked with before means that i just feel like i'm fairly well placed to actually try and move the needle for that on that care and also i'm just not smart enough to be a specialist in any given one area um I, I'm, I'm drawn to the general um but also i'm, I'm kind of interested in that i'm more more interested in 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 the big picture stuff um, and that I get into the weeds on the detail when the detail is, is necessary for me to establish or uh, establish some credibility, but also for me to truly understand whether or not it's the right thing to do. And so sometimes I get drawn in some specialist areas. Certainly clinically, I always want to really keep myself close to what is clinical best practice. That's just, a, um, I think that should underlie everything we do. But sometimes, you know, even on the technical sides of the business on Therapy Live, I'll need to understand the detail as to what that's what's going on um, to make sure I can comprehend whether or not that's the right decision for the woman in Coventry as well as uh, as well as everyone else. So that's that's from me. I'm just interested, as I say, as to whether or not you whether you're tuning in live or after the fact as to whether or not there's anything like that that you guys do. Any any weird uh, analogies you use to sort of describe your inspiration or whether or not. Um, I've heard from people before, and if, when I've told this tale, they'll sometimes say about for them, it's about someone that they care for or someone that they know or someone that, that sort of inspired them to get into healthcare or, or it's them 10 years ago that, that uh, encountered either, either something inspired them to because it was great or, or someone that they encountered that, that wasn't or an illness that they had or an ailment that they had that then meant that they wanted to be better or wanted the system to be better. Like I'm definitely intrigued and want to ask you that uh, as to as to what is it that, that keeps you going. Um, the thing that I wanted to then add some detail to is why Coventry? Now I can't, I can't remember to be honest as to why Coventry, um, but it's not accidental and it's demographic, demographically relevant as to why Coventry, it's kind of, it's got, especially if you go Coventry and its suburbs, you know, it's got its whole, it's got a huge variety of different sort of um, wealth to it. It's not sort of affluent area, but equally it's not like it, you can't paint with such a broad brush to infer that it's you know, dead impoverished. Um, you know, there are, as far as I'm aware, it doesn't have necessarily a cultural weight to it. If I mentioned some of where I grew up and stuff, where it's sort of known to be, um more struggling you know old mill towns and stuff so i'm from just north of burnley if i was to say the, the woman in burnley it would be as if i'm suggesting it'd be um it'd come with that weight whereas from what i understand is that sort of current current end up being sort of class neutral to some extent if you go wide enough from its center and so i think what what i wanted to try and use that that analogy as a proxy for is that if you try to solve problems then you want to be trying to work things quite specifically but if you're going to go broad like i've just described like we don't know much about her at all and uh the fact that it's a the fact that it's a her is is not especially relevant but it's uh mainly i think for the sake of uh, a, a catchy catchy in where I, I said to someone that, that i'm chatting to about something else i'll say if i told you about my woman in coventry it's purely as a, a means of getting a getting a cheap laugh really um but the age the sector of which she aspires to get cared for in doesn't matter the um you know how long qualified someone is it, 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 that she goes and sees 
the format um, of which she seeks the information prior to it. So what are people's uh, clinics set up like? Uh, what, do they, what does she find if she puts that into Google? All those different variables that I find to be really interesting are, um, are ones that I always want people to, to bear in mind when wondering what is it that might inspire um, best practice to proliferate and that it's never there's never one solution you know people have wondered i mean one of the things we got best known for initially is through physio matters interview based podcasting and conversation i'm really passionate about that where you kind of bear all or scrutinize in a journalistic fashion an idea um and then uh, try and work out whether or not that's credible or whether there are there are better angles to pursue for that um but it's it was definitely never going to be the solution on its own and also that realistically me and my team were never going to be able to uh, do all of the work that would make life better care better for the, for the woman in coventry or, or every other person in the country and so it was that how can you support what is doing the best work at any given time and that's one of the things that sort of has inspired a lot of what we've ended up doing some of the more complex projects we've done from mskr to writing the manifesto to uh, trying to broadcast to more people in, in in a one or things like therapy live is that you're trying to support those that are furthest ahead on different bits of the conversation you know supporting people like alistair beverly's work on learning disabilities because of course that would make a massive difference in social impression but if we were to try to pursue that as specialists then we would never get anywhere close to someone uh, like Alistair who's, a, who's ahead of that so instead it's like right values are aligned that's brilliant work let's how do we how do we champion that as best we can um without drawing it too thin against our, our audience um similarly um another friend of mine uh, Liz Bailey's doing some work on dance at the moment and and so it's like we know that there are so many relevant conversations to be had about the sort of performing arts as well as what people ask of themselves in terms of the higher end performance aspects of, of dance and the rehab needed for it. It's like, what, what, what better than to find people who are thinking hard in that direction as specialists and then platforming that to you to then make it, make us all more likely to be better physios, osteos, chiros, sports therapists, when you encounter those dancers or any performance or stage artist, like understanding the parameters that surround that. So you can't help but then think, well, it's better for us to just you know, broadcast the best and create the channels that can do that. You know, the more audience we can we can garner, the more popular, the more we can play the social media popularity contests uh, to, to get attention, then let's use that attention for good. Let's use the platform for good. And that uh, applies across the board. Now you get, People ask questions often about, about MSKR as a think tank that's kind of more emergent, more new. It kind of was launched only a few weeks, a few weeks, yeah, a few months before the pandemic. And so people are still a little bit unsure as to what it is and, and, and how much it's got legs, etc. And it's all fair questions. But I think one of the things I wanted to mention here is that much like I'm saying that these things emerge um, from a genuine attempt to solve these problems that we've evaluated and then trying to make the world a better place and the care uh, that she receives for the woman in Coventry is that um, from physio matters came occasionally some politics, some policy, some health governance, some frustrations with the media, some wider interprofessional identity issues that just didn't seem to be best served by what was mainly a clinical podcast that was trying to aspire for 
you know, episodes on how do we best treat X condition or X type of patient or X presentation or case studies or speaking to the experts in different parts of the research field. It felt like sometimes that was over encroaching and we didn't want to take the edge off that clinical based education conversation. And so we needed, a, it felt like there was a drive for people that wanted to aspire to, to bigger picture change. Um, and that's what MSKR ended up being. Um, Prior to that, it was called the Big R's Project, so reasoning, responsibility, and reform. The idea of distributed responsibility between individuals, groups, organizations, institutions, the government, you know, all this, like, who's responsible for what type of conversation, and then does a reformative agenda emerge from it. That is such a good example of what kind of, when people that are keen and passionate and make a good case for why it's important, make a case for pursuing something and the apparatus that they that they have in those conversations isn't really suited to channel their best their energies best then that's the sort of thing where a subset sort of emerges from it it's kind of like physio matters um wasn't necessarily best suited to uh, consolidate um a sort of it runs therapy live but it's like it's better to, to differentiate that and so therapy live emerges as a project and has its team and it has has its moderators and it has its network and stuff that's not distinct from the other stuff but it's it truly sometimes needs its own wing and so that's how it felt a little bit about mskr as well and so when people and why i thought it'd be useful for me to just share some of this information is because people are often asking about that like they, they they're sometimes frustrated trying to understand it sometimes they are interested in in why it is i do what i do and how i do it um i'm not for a second suggesting any of this is efficient i'm not suggesting it'll work by the way you know um i'm just admitting that it's something that motivates me as well as being just a cheap proxy for me um explaining something in in a few minutes what what usually takes me hours um because it's the sort of center of the bullseye for me and so it's quite difficult to explain it really succinctly um but also i think um i would love to i would love to understand a little bit more about how we together can understand how better to serve this mythical person that is the woman in Coventry. Because of that, it's also something that people don't necessarily disagree with, especially if they're in healthcare. It's like it'd be tech for some sicko to say, no, I want I want her care to be worse in 10 years' time, right? It's sort of a really easy way of getting everyone together on a goal is to say, look, we're all aspiring to the same things. We might disagree and we do disagree on how to do it, and we'll also disagree on the state of play of the analysis if we're to try and work out, well, what is the care quality like at the moment? Let's assess it carefully and evaluate it sensibly to work out what is going well, what is going badly at the moment for said woman in Coventry. In order for us to then solve those problems together, um, if I'm saying it in 10 years time, again, arbitrary unit, you know, why 10, why not 20? I mean, God forbid at this pace, I need to retire in 10, to be honest. <laughs> it's probably the reason why I keep saying 10. But I've been saying 10 for five years on this story. So I always just, I'm just pitching it as being sort of the future. I don't like for people to think about it in a sort of too short-termist way. If I had said, right, this time next year, I want the care to be better. It's like you sometimes create these sort of short-term projects and stuff that are um, not necessarily recognizing that how do you really try to change culture in that direction? You know, how do you make for professional standards to matter in such a way that means that people aspire to be better and also feel that they are more empowered to actually, why don't we, why don't we inspire change in the regulator? Why don't we think that as you know, we, we can work the new and old media and some of the broadcasters in such a way that they could understand us better. And if we were talking about 12 months, it would just feel like it was so unrealistic. Whereas in 10 years, you can sort of consider 
the fact that it might well we might be, well be able to move the needle. And I think that that's something that um, that we really want to aspire to. And so I thought it might be useful for me to at least get this on record. It's definitely something that um, I talk about a, a lot. Forgive me for those of you that might have heard it before, but just not on this show. Um, a little bit about my analogy that I use as to why we do what we do. Um, if it's something that you feel like you want to be involved in and you can understand that that is something that uh, a goal that is sufficiently vague that interesting projects emerge from it. So, you know, there's a, there's a clinical arm of my business, of course, Choose Health, that then tries to aspire to best practice. That means that then we can practice what we preach, you know, and to, and to actually deliver great care that could be then inspire a similar format and to prove that that can work. Um, and then everything from physiomatics to therapy live, uh, MSKR, if any of these things that you're interested in, uh, always speak towards what is your purpose and what is your passion and also where you're most interested. You know, your time needs to be respected and is precious and you should therefore try and work on something, especially if it's in your own time, learn something and work on something and join a project that is then as close to your purpose as possible. And if you feel like anything that we're doing or anything that motivates what we're doing, then uh, helps to speak to that for you, uh, then like get in touch. You know, if you're a, if you're a student, it's another great example, uh, is that Physiomatters First Steps crew, they work on translation materials for student and new graduate sort of uh, early career professionals to try and translate that material because it's a quite unique period of time in which it's sometimes some of our stuff's pitched too, too high uh, and doesn't feel relevant. So they're sort of helping to weave that through and support students in that transition phase is an emergent project to try to solve that because what, you know, what we need to improve that next generation because it's one of them therapists uh, that she might see said woman in coventry might end up seeing them whether in coventry or or otherwise so if you are interested in in, in being involved and just yeah, have a little look and pursue um the specifics that are close to your purpose so physiomatters first steps or or physiomatters itself i've listened to the podcast and see if that's something you want to subscribe to come to therapy live only three weeks away uh, join mskr only 10 pound a year and, and and join the subgroups that then are aspiring towards better government's policy or or trying to persuade nice to do more msk nice guidelines putting that into appropriate context um and into the media uh, without sort of scaremongering uh, information that sometimes occurs in the press I could go on, right? There's so many different splinters of what we're doing. And the reason that, that it's like that is because these things emerge as bespoke solutions to very interesting problems that we've all found on analysis. So really appreciate it. Thanks to those that have, that have commented in various different locations. Philippa has said, great work, keep it up. Thank you very much, Philippa. That's really nice of you, I really appreciate it. Uh, Katie Napton said, there's nothing wrong with a bit of chaos. And uh, yeah, and uh, a, a few others that, um, that, yeah, we can't unfortunately get to. I was late starting, but I won't be late finishing. I just wanted to get this on record, so I'm glad I've been able to. That's my woman in Coventry. Not quite as lewd as it maybe sounds when people uh, when I mention to people that I, I'm inspired by some some woman that in this instance doesn't exist. But I hope it gives you some context and hope it makes sense. If you too have any examples like that that inspire you, be that be that real people, be that real circumstances, be that you in the future, you in the past. I really do want to hear from you because it's a fascinating way in which sometimes when i've explained this story people just went like they'll say oh yeah i do that or they'll say you know i've never thought like that at all you weirdo um which i'm fine with as well uh, so do let me know i'd be really interested to hear it uh, but in the meantime uh, join tune in tomorrow 
for another guest hosted session. Uh, it's going to be a belter and I will join you later in the week for more brilliant content, including some great interviews with increasingly we'll have more and more therapy live speakers on. So get your ticket if you haven't already. We've got a great special episode of Physio Matters coming up, which we might also stream on to tune it over. So all the best for now. Thanks a lot. Have a nice day and uh, have a great week.